Well, good morning, my beautiful family. She kind of stole my line, didn't she? Didn't she? Hey, listen, it's so great to see you all. Thank you for, so much for coming out. When I woke up this morning and heard the rain, I'm like, well, I know some people will probably stay home today because of the rain, but uh, I'm so glad that you got out of bed and came to GT Church. It's always great to see your face. And this morning, um, I, I shared with you last week, if you were here, I put together a message about spiritual warfare, and we talked about what spiritual warfare is according to the Bible, not maybe things that you've heard over the years or how this one defines spiritual warfare or that one defines spiritual warfare, but according to the Bible, what is it and what is it not? And I told you that I had only intended for that message to just be one message, but when I got into it, I realized, you know what? We need to, I'm going to take this a second week, and we're going, to, we're going to come back to this next week. And so I got my stuff together and kind of knew the direction that I was going to go in. But then really kind of earlier in the week, midweek, I felt like I was supposed to go a different direction, that, that there, were, there was a different approach, there was a different way that I wanted us to end this two-week journey about spiritual warfare. And so right from the very, very beginning, my beautiful family. What I want you to know, and the, the whole point of today, is something that you have heard of before. It's a verse that is not new to you. It's, a, it's an idea, and it's a truth that is not new to you, but it's what I want to frame the whole context of this part two message today. And that is this, that Jesus' promise to you is that he will never leave you. He will never turn his back on you. He will never forsake you. And that's one of those things, my family, that we hear. And it's like, yeah, 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 I know that. I know God is always with us. But I want you to allow that to really get into you this morning. That God is with you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never forsake you. And in talking about spiritual warfare, it's so important that you understand that. It's so important that you get that because any battle, anything that you face in this life, the Bible is really clear that the battle is not yours. It belongs to the Lord and that he's already won. Amen, family. And so it's important that you know whatever you're, you might be facing this morning or next week or, or next year that... God's already determined that you are victorious. And so I want our whole focus today, and in a little bit, I'm going to talk to you about a couple myths and a couple truths about angels and demons, but I wanted our whole, whole talk today to, for your focus, for your mind, to be all on God. And so I want to do something. I want you to help me this morning, and, and you know, we're not one of those quiet churches, so I want you, I want you to give me, give, give, you know, yell back at me, talk to me this morning. What is that? What is this? What else is it? What else? That, a square, an absolute, and you, you guys can notice my artistic prowess, right? I mean, I'm just the second Picasso here. Um, what else is it? Yes, it is a square. What else is it? A box. A box. A box, absolutely, it's a box. And here's what we do, right? This is what we do. We put God in a box. We like that. We like to put God in a box because 
The truth of the matter is there is more things, and, and I want to see if you agree with me on this, family, whether you've been a Christian for 40 years or for 40 minutes, would you agree with this, that there is still far more that you don't know and that you don't understand about God than you do. How many would admit that? That you would fully admit that even if you've been serving the Lord for decades and decades and decades, that the absolute honest truth is still, there's a lot more that you don't understand or that you don't know about God than you do. And so that would explain this, family. That would explain why we want to put God in a box. Because we always want to understand. We always want answers. We want to know why this happened. We want to know when is this going to take place. And so what we do so that we can wrap our brains, our human minds around who God is, is we think to make us feel safe, to make us feel like we're, we're in control, we need to put God in a box. But unfortunately for most of us, family, our concept of who God is and what he does and how he works for still most of us, that has been more shaped by pastors and teachers than our own scriptural research. How many would, is there anybody in this room today that would consider themselves a Bible scholar? That you have spent hours and hours and weeks and months and decades upon decades breaking down every scripture in the Bible? Is there anybody in the room today that would classify themselves a Bible scholar? Let me see your hand. No, no, me either. No, for most of us, our concept of who God is is based on what we were taught or based on what we've experienced. And so when things happen that don't fit inside this box, when there are things that you see happening in your life, and happening to your loved ones, and happening in the world. In this box is how could a loving God allow starvation? Do you know the thousands of children right now that are starving? And that doesn't fit our box. Why my mom? Why my dad? Why my daughter? Why my son? And that doesn't fit nicely into our box of who we want God to be. And so when things happen in our lives, family, that we can't explain, when things happen that we don't like and it doesn't fit our little parameter that we want to keep God in, that is when the spiritual warfare begins. Why, God? Why? I said to you last week, the greatest battleground for spiritual warfare is where, family? Right here. And so when things happen that we don't understand, the warfare begins.
Why, God? I would have thought by now. I've asked you this question before. Have you ever prayed and prayed and prayed and thought that you had a formula figured out that if I pray for 32.5 days, then something will happen in this? Or if I fast, if I fast for 8.9 days, then something will happen. Have you ever prayed only to watch the thing that you're praying for get worse and worse and worse? Have you ever prayed earnest and honest prayers and nothing happens? Right? No. God, you're not behaving the way that I think you want to behave. You're not doing what I think. You're not fitting my box, God. It's the perfect time, family, for your enemy and my enemy to start his assault. Well, you know why? You know why your prayers aren't getting answered, right? This is the lie. You know what? Because you're a sinner. Oh, gosh, you're a sinner. You think you actually bought into that, that God will forgive all your sins. Uh -uh. Yeah, maybe everybody else, but not yours. Not your, oh, your secrets, your failures. Yes, like God will forgive the, the preachers and God will forgive the good people, but not you, you filthy pervert. Not you. He'll forgive everybody else. But That's when the warfare starts, family. You're getting exactly what you deserve. God is paying you back. Why my kids, God? Oh, God's, get, God's getting you back. So he, he is causing all your sins and stuff to fall on your kids. Yeah, he's paying you back. That's when the warfare begins. And I asked you last week, how do you battle an, an enemy that you can't see? What's our defense? What, do we have any kinds of weapons? And we, we talked about God's armor that he has for us. And we talked about the power of the Bible and how it's a sword. And that's the weapon that Jesus used against the enemy. He used the word of God. He used the Bible. He used the very words of God as a sword when the devil tried to tempt him, when the devil tried to lie to him. What about you and what you're going through now? It's impossible for me to know every single one of your questions. It's impossible for me to know every single one of your circumstances, for me to know exactly what your struggle is this morning. But what I want to do is I want to ask you just for the next few moments that we have together, if you'll agree with me on this, that God won't fit inside your little box or my little box, that who God is defies 
our human definition. That, that the best place for you and I when we're talking about spiritual warfare is to understand this, that in all of the things that you don't get, that you don't understand and that you don't like and why your family and why you and why you're still suffering and why you haven't been healed yet and why you haven't been blessed yet. That warfare that goes on in our minds, family. The thing that has helped me most in my life when I've said, God, why? Why does everybody else seem to be doing fine, God? Why does everybody else seem to have enough? The thing that has helped me most in my life, family, when I've said from my mouth, to God, I would have thought by now. The thing that has helped me the most is not some definition of God who I want him to be and who I think he should be. But the thing that has helped me the most, family, when cancer struck my mom, And when cancer struck my wife, when we've gone through the battles in this life, when you pray for your loved one to be healed, and you don't see it, the thing that has helped me the most, family, is not some pre-prescribed definition of who I think God is or who I want him to be, the thing, family, that has helped your pastor the most is, God, I don't like this, but I trust you. God, I don't understand why. God, I don't, but I trust you. God, when are you going to show up in this? I've gotten to the place in my life, family, where I realize now it's not God punishing me. It's not God using cancer to try to get your attention. God, why? And I don't have all the answers. And you're not behaving how I want you to behave, God. But even if you don't answer my prayers, even if things don't turn out exactly the way that I want them to, God, I trust you. We have a very real enemy family. And he wants to wreak havoc in our lives. And the war is real. But, but God's promise is he will never leave you. He will never turn his back on you. And so what about angels, Jeanette? What about angels? A couple myths about angels and then very real truth 
from the word of God about angels. A myth, a non-truth is that you and me, like we need to, we need to know who our angel or angels are. We need to be very well acquainted and I shared a little bit with you last week that there were even books that said you should wake up in the morning and greet your guardian angels. And you should. And I, I heard a very famous preacher make a statement. I actually went into Pastor Brenda's office last week when I watched this video. A very famous preacher whose name is not, I'm not going to say because it doesn't matter, but said this, that because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, what that means is, is now we are now above the angels, that we actually get to control what the angels do. And so I went into Pastor Brenda's office and I'm like, I told her that and she's like, oh my. <laughs> she's like, I've, I've never read that anywhere. And so the truth is, is angels are created beings who are messengers of God. They are ministers of God. And nowhere in the Bible are we ever instructed to talk to them, to pursue them, to pray to them, because they belong to God. They were created by God to do his ministry in our lives. In Psalm 91, there's a few gorgeous scriptures about the angels. And it says they belong to God. He's in charge of the angels. And it says what he will do is he will give them charge over me and you to help us in our times of trouble. And it's so beautiful. It goes on to say that he will instruct them to carry us in their hands so that we don't strike our foot upon a stone and stumble and fall away. What is it that I want you to know about angels? I don't want you praying to angels. I don't want you talking to angels. I don't want you worrying about angels. They're not yours to worry about or command. They're God's angels. And the thing that I want you to know about angels is this family. They belong to God. And here's the great news. When you need them, God will make sure that they're there. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. What about demons? are demons. Is there such thing as demonic possession? And what, what, what is it when you talk about spiritual things? And, and I said this to you last week. So angels are real, yes. And demons are real, yes. The Bible is really clear that God created Lucifer, the devil, Satan. He was beautiful. But he led a rebellion against God. And he was thrown out of heaven. And the Bible says a third of the angels chose to follow him. And so what are demons? They are former angels. They used to be angels. They were created by God. So this brings a question, right? Why would God create Lucifer if he already knew that he was going to lead this rebellion? Why would God even create him if he knew those angels would some point turn to demons? Why would God have ever even created Satan? The only answer that you should ever accept in your whole life, family, is this. The only right answer to why would God have created the devil? The only answer is, I don't know. I don't know. 
But angels are real. And demons are real. And all throughout the Bible, and still to this day, there are people that become possessed by demons. But the word of the Lord for you today is, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. And so myth, myth, untruth, a Christian can be possessed by a demon. Untruth. And down through the years, there's been many answers and many that given to that question. Can a Christian be demon-possessed? And there's been stuff thrown out like, well, the answer is yes, because the answer is no, because light and darkness can't dwell in the same place. You know, all these answers. And how many know, I, I don't buy that one, because I've seen a lot of Christians who are supposedly walking in the light do a whole lot of dark things. You get where I'm going. And so the answer according to the word of God comes back to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Can a born-again Christian who's following Jesus, living their lives connected to him, can accidentally, can they become demon-possessed? Hear your pastor this morning, my family. The answer according to the Bible is no. Why? The answer is no. Why? In Colossians we read, there's lots of things that happened with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's why you must hold on to that. That, is, that can never be up for debate. Can never be up for debate. Well, did Jesus really rise from the dead? That can the answer is an eternal yes. Because otherwise, we're all in trouble. The one that we're serving then is just dead like all the other false gods. Jesus absolutely rose from the dead. And in Colossians, it says something happened in the spiritual realm. Something powerful happened. When Jesus resurrected from the dead, something very powerful happened in the spiritual realm. Colossians says that all of the evil spirits, all of the principalities, all of the demon, the whole demonic realm, what it says is, is Jesus defeated them. He made a public spectacle of them, disarming them from having the ability to cross the line into the life of a believer. And so you need to understand that yes, demons are real. But Jesus is more real. And greater is he that is in you. Jesus that is in you. His spirit that is in you. Would you shout to me, I have the Holy Spirit. Let me hear you. And there's no way, not because of anything you're good at or not because there is no way that the Holy Spirit of God that resides in you would also allow an evil spirit of the enemy to reside in you also. Do you get where I'm going? 
And so the resurrection of Christ disarmed the principalities and rulers and darkness. And so what believers need to know is the authority that they have in Christ. The authority that we have in Christ doesn't safeguard us from demonic attack. It doesn't mean that there aren't times when evil things, evil forces in this world try to disrupt your life and my life. But I come back to this, my beautiful family. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And so the truth is, is the angels do the work of the Lord to look out for us. And Satan and his army are very real. And they want to destroy anything good in your life. Why? Why? Why do they hate us so much? Why is this like their only agenda? And the truth is this, family, that they hate anything of God. And so they hate you and they hate me because we were created in God's image. And so they want to destroy you. But I don't want you afraid. I don't want you freaked out. Can I get a demon and not know it? Or what's going on in my life? Oh my goodness, is this a demon? Is this not a demon? What I want you to focus on and who I want you to focus on is you have God who is on your side who is protecting you and who is shielding you, not shielding you so that nothing ever bad ever happens in our lives, but shielding us to the point that no demonic forces <coughs> has more authority and more power in your life than the absolute very source of true power in the universe. And so the word of God says that everything bows at the name of Jesus. And so instead of you and me being so worried of is this a demon or not, or is my, am, 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 what we can do is we can walk fully aware of the power and the authority that we have in the name of Jesus. And it is perfectly appropriate, family, when you face difficulties of all kinds to call on the name of Jesus. When things happen that don't fit your definition of the box that you put, why isn't God doing something? 
questions are haunting you, you've got to call on the name of Jesus. In times of sickness, you've got to call on the name of Jesus. In times of despair, So what I want to do, my beautiful family, with just the last couple minutes that we have together, is I'm going to ask you to stand. And I'm going to pray over you just as I feel the Holy Spirit is leading me to pray over you. As I said, it's impossible for me to know everything that you might be walking through, everything that you might be going But God knows. Can you say, God knows? God knows. And so would you bow your head and close your eyes, my I thank you, God, for the truth of your word. The truth that you are in control, God. And even when things happen that fall outside of how, what we think should go on, and a Christian should never have to experience this, and why is this happening to me because I'm following God, and why didn't God answer my prayer here, and the real spiritual warfare, God, I pray that today you would come in and raise up a standard on behalf of your And so for the one this morning, God, who would say that the warfare is in their family, that I'm being, we're being attacked in our marriage, or I don't know, my daughter and I, or my son and I, we're fighting, or I haven't talked to my dad in two years because I'm mad, that the warfare, there's a real battle going on in the family. I thank you, God, that you will bring peace, that you will heal, and that you will restore, Lord Jesus. You will turn the hearts of parents back to their children and the hearts of children back to their parents. God, for the ones who, the, 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 the warfare, the warfare that they're in right now is in their body, God. The cancer is attacking their body or some kind of addiction is attacking their body. Maybe it's a major organ. Maybe it's arthritis. Maybe it's blindness. Maybe it's hearing loss. Maybe this morning, God, there are people here and there are people watching. And the real struggle is in a diagnosis that you've been given. I thank you, God, that cancer has to bow at the name of Jesus, that arthritis bows at the name of Jesus. I thank you that dementia and Alzheimer's bows at the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that you created our bodies and you know them more than any doctor knows, God. And so I pray for a supernatural touch. Reverse the diagnosis, God. That's our prayer, that supernaturally you would reverse the diagnosis. Lord, for those who are here today, and their warfare is with depression, we come against depression in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that you will turn sorrow and mourning into joy and dancing. 
that you will lift that dark cloud that they feel like has been hanging over their head, God. God, shine your light, Lord Jesus. Thank you that you are with us, God. That that's not some fantasy or something made up in our minds. That you are with us, God. I thank you for the one who is here or watching. And though they may be surrounded by family and friends, loneliness haunts them every day, God. Remind them of your truth, God. That you are with them. That you are with them. That you are with them, God. For those of us who are standing in faith, believing that our loved ones who don't know you, God, that somehow they'll give their lives to you. We ask you to send people into their lives, God, that can water seeds that have already been planted or plant seeds of your goodness and your faithfulness in their lives, God. We're not going to give up. We say that every, every wayward daughter and every wayward son will come home, that they'll give their lives to you, God. We're not giving up on them. I thank you, God, that every lie that the enemy might throw at us, that we're not good enough and that we'll never measure up, that you replace with the truth, that our identity is found in you, God. It's not based in what we've done or how we've messed up in the past, but our identity, you're the one that gets to define us. You empower us to do everything that you've called us to do, God. So I thank you that my beautiful family will be successful in their classes, God, at school. That they will be successful in their jobs. That they'll be successful in their parenting and in their marriages. And God, that your hand of blessing and favor would be upon them. We are who you say we are, God. And we will not fear. We will not fear the spiritual unseen world that we can't see because you are always with us. The battle is not ours. The battle belongs to the Lord. And I thank you that today, God, you're reminding us that you have the power to pull down every stronghold. We come against every addiction in the name of Jesus. Whatever's controlling you, we say, loose them and let them free in Jesus' name. We thank you for the truth, God. We glorify you today. We lift you up today, Jesus. We focus on you today, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Family, you are who God says that you are. You are victorious. You are an overcomer. Okay, I love you from the bottom of my heart, family. See you next Sunday. God bless you.